Good morning. I greet you all in the name of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ as we come for worship this day. Let us stand and sing together, surely the presence. We light our Christ candle to welcome the Lord into this place, that he may worship with us, that we may be worshipped through him as we come in the name of our Lord. Please be seated. A few announcements for this morning. We have a baptism today. So welcome to the Vickers and Green family as we worship together, but also welcome... Katie into the house of the Lord, the family of the Lord. This is our last Sunday morning service for the summer. Uh, next Wednesday, July 5th, we will move to 7 p.m. on Wednesday nights. So this is our last Sunday morning service until September. And these summer services are meant to be inter intergenerational. It's meant to be interactive. As in this summer, we'll be looking at superheroes of the Bible. And occasionally, we may have a barbecue or something like that before. So just stay tuned. But everyone is welcome, and it's a great chance to invite families and bring families to experience uh, worship in a different way. Tickets from our strawberry tea are on sale. It is July 11th. That is a Tuesday. And if you need tickets, you can talk to Joyce. She has st probably still has lots to hand out. <laughs> she shook her head. I'm not sure what that means. But... Okay, so if you have spare tickets, bring them back to Joyce so she can redistribute, redistribute if necessary. Our Sunday evening prayer services, uh, prayer meetings are on hold for right now. Um, we're going to discuss maybe there's a better time through the summer than Sunday evenings, so stay tuned. We will discuss as worship committee and board, um, which we need to reschedule the board meeting test. I saw you walk in, so we'll talk about that as to when the board meeting will happen uh, in the next few weeks. Uh, I, I want to say thank you to everyone who's uh, reached out to my family and Bev's family uh, and the passing of her father last week. Uh, it's been a rough week. Uh, the funeral is tomorrow in River Dennis, uh, so I will be there tomorrow with all the family. So thank you for those who've reached out, though we do appreciate it. Are there any other announcements to share today? Let's join together in a responsive psalm, Psalm 86. Mm -hmm. 
Turn your ear to me, O God, and answer me, for I am poor and in misery. Be merciful to me, my Lord, for I call to you all day long. For you, my Lord, are good and forgiving and great in mercy to all who call on you. In the day of my trouble, I will unto you, for you will answer me. Among the gods there is none like you, my Lord, nor can the deeds of any be compared to yours. The Lord shall glorify your name, my Lord. For you are great and do marvelous things. You alone are God. In the day of my trouble, I call unto you, for you will answer me. Turn to me then and have mercy. Give your strength to your servant. Then those who hate me will see and be ashamed. For you, God, have helped and comforted me. In the day of my trouble, I call unto you, for you will answer me. Let us join together in prayer. Lord, we ask you to be with us today as we celebrate the wonders of your love, as we worship, may your Holy Spirit be with us today, as we sing our praises, as we offer our prayers, and as we share in your word. Bless us, O God, we pray. Amen. Let us sing together, God, we pray, at this beginning, as we prepare for baptism.
the sacrament of baptism proclaims and celebrates the grace of God. By water and spirit we are called, claimed and commissioned. We are called God's own, welcomed as children of God. We are claimed by Christ, united with Christ, united with one another and the Christian community of every time and place. We are commissioned to Christ's ministry of love, peace and justice and strengthened by the Holy Spirit for the work of the church in the world. On behalf of the Congregation of Carmen United Church, I present Katie May Green, oh, Green Vickers for initiation into the body of Christ through baptism. I invite you to come up. Okay, yep. Stand by, Mom. There you go. So for the parents and the family, do you believe in one God, Father and Son and Holy Spirit? If, if so, answer, I do by the grace of God. Will you follow the way of Jesus Christ, resisting oppression and evil, seeking justice and witnessing to God's love for all creation? If so, answer, I will, God being my helper. Will you proclaim Jesus crucified and risen in your words and actions? If so, answer, I will, God being my helper. Will you join with your brothers and sisters in this community of faith and your preferred community of faith uh, to celebrate God's presence, live with respect and creation, and love and serve others? If so, answer, I will, God being my helper. Will you share your faith with Katie, growing with her in faith, hope, and love? If so, answer, I will, God being my helper. For the godparents. As godparents to this child, will you continue to support and encourage her in her Christian life and discipleship? If so, answer, I will, God being my helper. We heard, have heard the will of this family. We receive Katie in Christ's name as we ourselves have been received. And we all belong to the one household of faith in Jesus Christ. Will you support them in constant love, wholesome example, Christian teaching, and faithful prayer? If so, answer, we will, God be in our helper. Thank you. Let's join together in, rec in reciting the new creed. We are not alone. We live in God's world. We believe in God who has created and is creating, who has come in Jesus, the word made flesh, to reconcile and make new, who works in us and others by the spirit, we trust in God. We are called to be the church, to celebrate God's presence, to live with respect in creation, to love and serve others, to seek justice and resist evil, to proclaim Jesus crucified and risen, our judge and our hope in life, in death, in life beyond death. God is with us. We are not alone. Thanks be to God. The Lord be with you and also with you. Lift up your hearts, we lift them up to the Lord. Let us give thanks to God. It is right to give God thanks and praise. Okay, Malcolm, are you ready to help me out here, buddy? Yeah. All right. Come on up here. Perfect. All right, so you can help me here, okay? I'm going to put it right here first. Okay, you ready? We're going to go real slow. Gracious and holy God, we bless you for the gift of life, and within it, the gift of water. Over its unshaped promise, your spirit hovered at creation. 
By water comes the growth of the earth. Through water you led the children of Israel to freedom. In the waters of the Jordan your child Jesus was baptized. And now may your spirit be upon us and what we do, that this water may be a sign of all new life in Christ, in whose name we pray. Amen. Thank you. What is the name of your child? Katie May Green Richardson. Okay, it's coming a little closer, everybody. There you go. I'm going to peel your hat back there a little bit, Not too tight? No. Okay. Katie May Green Vickers, I baptize you in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Katie, I mark you with the sign of the cross. That, so that from this day forward, you become one with Christ. I get everybody to come around and just put a hand on her. You want to hold my hand? Nope. Okay. Katie May Green Vickers, may the Holy Spirit guide you, inspire you, and work within you all the days of your life. Amen. There you go. Now we have her certificate. Light your candle for a moment. May you light this candle on the anniversary of her baptism to remember her commitment and her promise of God this day. You want to hold that, Malcolm? In the name of Jesus Christ. Katie May Green Vickers has been received into the Holy Catholic Church, the body of Christ in the world. May God bless you and keep you. May God make his face to shine upon you and be gracious unto you. Amen. Let us welcome Katie into the family of God. And you may blow that out. <laughs> Good morning. Our reading today is from Matthew chapter 10, verses 24 to 39. <clears throat> Excuse me. No pupil is greater than the teacher. No slave is greater than his master. So a pupil should be satisfied to become like his teacher and a slave like his master. If the head of the family is called Bizu, the members of the family will be called even worse names. So do not be afraid of people. Whatever, whatever is now covered up will be uncovered, and every secret will be made known. What I am telling you in the dark, you must repeat in broad daylight. And what you have heard in private, you must announce from the housetops. Do not be afraid of those who kill the body, 
but cannot kill the soul. Rather be afraid of God, who can destroy both body and soul in hell. For only a penny you can buy two sparrows, yet not one sparrow falls to the ground without your father's consent. As for you, even the hairs of your head have been counted. So do not be afraid. You are worth much more than many sparrows. If anyone declares publicly that he belongs to me, I will do the same for him before my Father in heaven. But if anyone rejects me publicly, I will reject him before my Father in heaven. Do not have, pardon me, do not think that I have come to bring peace to the world. No, I did not come to bring peace, but a sword. I came to set sons against fathers, daughters against their mothers, daughter-in-laws against their mother-in-laws, and a man's worst enemies will be the members of his own family. Whoever loves his father or mother more than me is not fit to be my disciple. Whoever loves his son or daughter more than me is not fit to be my disciple. Whoever does not take up his cross and follow in my footsteps is not fit to be my disciple. Whoever tries to gain his own life will lose it, but whoever loses his life for my sake will gain it. The word of the Lord. Let's sing together, Tell Me the Stories of Jesus.
Let us pray. Lord, we gather this day to remember the stories of Jesus, to remember the gift of life he brings, the gift of love from our God poured out for us freely. So, Lord, as we gather around your word this day, may the words of my mouth and the meditation of all our hearts be acceptable in your sight, you who are our rock, our strength, and our redeemer. Amen. From the moment we're born... We're pretty much told to fear the world we live in. Don't talk to strangers. Don't eat that. Don't do this. Don't do that. And we're being taught these things for good reason. We want to be safe. But being 100% safe is not possible. We cannot do it on our own. We can do whatever we want to be safe. And we can do a pretty good job at it. But there are 7 billion people out there that we need to watch out for. And even then, we do all that we can and we still make mistakes. We still slip up now and again. It's part of life. Being afraid is part of life. Now, when I was growing up, the thing that probably I was worried about most growing up, maybe the thing I feared most or one of the things I feared most growing up, has turned out to be a huge disappointment when I look back as an adult. I know I'm not the only one. A lot of people have had this fear growing up, including my friends. But now I'm an adult, and I look back, and I realize what a waste of time and energy it was to be afraid of that thing. It's never been an issue in my life, ever. I've never encountered it. As far as I know, my friends have never encountered it, or at least if they did, they didn't die. It seemed like such a big thing back then huge. It certainly seemed awfully dangerous when you saw it in movies and television. The dangers of quicksand have been grossly over-exaggerated. <laughs> However, there are many other fears that people hold on, today, hold on to today, and fears that are gripping them in terror, and make some of them even act like the world's about to end. These fears are causing people to buy more guns, more ammunition. It's causing people to shoot first and ask questions later. It's ripping apart families and communities. It's ripping apart the United States, and we're starting to see it on the increase in Canada. And many of these fears, in my opinion, they're a bit irrational. I mean, they're banning books in schools. They're banning words people can use. They're banning certain kinds of clothing and who can wear them. They're banning what people can call themselves. They're banning medical care in certain life-threatening circumstances. And when you look at it, they're basically banning anything that makes them feel uncomfortable. And when you look at these things they're banning, you know what? Nothing they have banned has killed a single person. Yet the guns they buy while they live in their fear have killed thousands, including children, every single year. This being Pride Month, we can look at the LGBTQ plus community. Because it seems to be that they're really being targeted right now, especially the trans community. And they're banning anything they can think of that, would that, that could impact that community, related to that community. Why? Well, when you generalize a bit, you could say it makes the old white men uncomfortable. And since it's generally 
the old white men who control the world through politics and business, they get their way. And communities like the LGBTQ plus community, things like the black community, things like the indigenous community, all these minority communities, they suffer greatly because of it. They are forced to deny who they are, especially when you look at the LGBTQ plus community. They're forced to go into hiding. How is this fair? What have they done? When you look at these communities, all they're trying to do is live their lives with joy and freedom. The same joy and freedom we enjoy every day, just like everybody else. What really disturbs me about all, this, all these you know, old white men is that they're using God's name to defend their claims. They're twisting the words of the Bible, they're twisting the words of Jesus to hold others down, to keep them down, so they can keep on living their comfortable, rich lives in their big houses with lots of cars, and their power and their authority and their privilege that goes along with it. It angers me to think that people will hate on another group of people in God's name. They do not read the same Bible I do. When I pick up my Bible and I read through it, I hear things like, love one another as I have loved you. I hear things like, take care of the widows and orphans. Feed the hungry, clothe the naked, visit the sick, and so on, and so on, and so on. I don't hear things like, ban a lifestyle. Or I don't hear, buy more guns. When I read the Bible, I see that it's about love. First and foremost, forever, it is about love. The love of God being poured out through Jesus Christ for the people of this planet. All the people. Not just a select few. Not for one country, not for one race, not for rich, not for politicians. For everyone. Every single one. But Nick, you're thinking, didn't we just read that Jesus said, do not think that I have come to bring peace on earth? I've not come to bring peace, but a sword. Didn't we just read that? Yeah, we did. And it sounds like Jesus is talking about bringing division. And maybe he is. But what is it he's really talking about in this passage? Now, those of you who have been here regularly, you might remember something I mentioned a few weeks ago. And that was, you cannot take one passage or one scripture verse and lift it up above anything else the rest of the Bible. You have to take it in context, in context of how it is written, what the message of it is, and in the context of the entire biblical narrative. So let's do this with Matthew 10 today. What is Jesus getting to when we read Matthew 10, 24 to 39? Well, he begins with saying, a disciple is not above his teacher, nor a servant above his master. It is enough for the disciple to be like his teacher and the servant like his master. If they have called the master of the house Beelzebul, then how much more will they malign those of his household? Now, Jesus is talking about discipleship. And discipleship in the days of Jesus, which is not unlike today still, discipleship is modeling the behavior and the teachings of the teacher or the master. You find someone worth following, you mold yourself to their ways, you follow their teachings, their leading, and we see this happen all over the place. Coaches mold their athletes. Teachers mold their students. Pastors mold their churches. Politicians mold their supporters. And all of this can be done for good or for bad. 
Yes, there are stories of coaches abusing their athletes, of teachers abusing students, of pastors abusing churches, and of politicians abusing supporters. Yet these are just a small minority of everyone. But every time we hear these stories, it breaks our hearts. People are put into positions of trust and power and authority, and they must do their best to not abuse the privileges they've been given, to abuse power or take advantage of others. Yet it still happens. Now, there are stories there are, of where people in positions of power um, abuse their power, abuse the trust they've been given to further their own agenda. Again, we see it with sports, we see it with academics. It feels like we're really seeing it in politics right now. And sadly, but not unrelated, we're seeing it happen in parts of the church. As the politics has started to infiltrate the church in negative ways. Now, it used to be the other way around. Churches influenced politics, but the pendulum has swung, and increasingly we're seeing politics influence the church, and people are suffering because of it. And you might think, wait a minute, all these politicians that are claiming to be doing these things, that are doing these things, claim to be Christians. They claim to be doing it because the church told them to. But if you dig a little deeper, you see that what has happened is politics has learned the language of the church. And it is using the church to further its own agenda. But back to talking to discipleship. Jesus says the student becomes like the teacher. Or the servant like the master. But he does acknowledge it it can be used for good or for evil. He says if they've called the master of the house Beelzebul, how much more will they malign those of the household? Evil influences can mold people just as much as good influences. We all have our own agenda. We know this, we see this, and it can happen both ways. But Jesus tells us how to respond, especially to those who follow kind of wayward leaders and ways. He says, So have no fear of them, for nothing that is covered, for nothing is covered that will not be revealed or hidden that will not be known. What I tell you in the dark, say in the light. And what you hear whispered, Proclaim from the housetops. And he goes on to say, So everyone who acknowledges me before men, I will also acknowledge before my Father who is in heaven. But whoever denies me before men, I will also deny before my Father who is in heaven. Jesus has given us a glimpse as to how to respond to those who have chosen the wrong path. Whether they do it consciously or they've been uh, manipulated. He simply says, just share what I've told you. Share what Jesus has told them. Let the world hear his teaching. But haven't we been manipulated by Jesus? Sure we have. But the thing is, don't we believe Jesus to be the perfect son of God? The one God sent into the world to teach us how to live with respect to the creation he's placed us in and how to live with respect to one another? Don't we believe his message of love? Love from God and love for one another? Don't we believe this is the best teaching in the world right now? Don't we believe this? Or would you rather follow someone else who teaches you to hate certain people, to live in fear, to buy more guns? Because those are the kinds of things we see being taught in other places. I don't see a lot of love being taught outside of the church. 
at least not in the media. I do not see a better message than what Jesus is teaching anywhere. I don't see Jesus out there waving an F. Trudeau flag. Am I a fan of our Prime Minister? No, not really. But I'm not wishing him dead. Honestly, I'm not a huge fan of any of the political leaders right now, to be honest, or their parties. But anyway, if we believe Jesus is the answer, though, then we should act like it. We should follow him and let him mold us into more of his likeness. So we pray, we read our Bibles, we seek to understand Jesus more so that in the end, we become more like him. And now we come to the tricky part. The part Jesus says he's not bringing peace, but he's bringing a sword. Where he says he will pit families against one another. That those who love someone else more than him is unworthy. Now that doesn't necessarily sound like love, does it? But it is. It is about love. Jesus is asking us to stand up for what we believe in. He's asking us to choose what is our greatest priority. And there are times when maybe that means we stand up against our family. If what they believe is contrary to the teachings of Jesus. So do you see what I'm saying? I saw on a message board the other day, a woman is concerned that her husband is drifting into more hardcore right-wing politics. She's afraid that he's moving into the direction of Trump. And she wanted advice as to what to do. Now, initially, the answers weren't terribly helpful. But here we have an example of where Jesus is possibly bringing division into a family because of her belief system as a loving follower of Jesus does not align with the direction that she sees her husband following. And she's scared, and she does not know what to do. So what would Jesus have her do? I think when we look at our reading from today, he would have her sit and talk with her husband lovingly. She would share her concerns. She would share her understanding of Scripture, of the teaching of Jesus, and how it impacts how she feels about the world around her and how she feels about the direction her husband is taking. In other words, as Jesus said, let his light shine. Let it shine through her to dispel the darkness that her husband is walking into. It's not easy. It will not be easy. There could be heated discussions. There could be a fracture in the relationship. But the hope is, the hope is she shares what she has learned from Jesus and he gets a glimpse into something greater and maybe changes his ways. That's the kind of division Jesus is talking about bringing into the world. He's pitting our priorities against one another. What is most important in our lives? Is it God or is it something else? We're talking about belief systems. We're talking about whether or not we're willing to accept the love of God first and foremost in our lives above all else and willing to share that love with others. Are we willing, as Jesus advised, are we willing to acknowledge him before others that is, to speak his name, to share his love. Are we willing to acknowledge him before others so that Jesus will acknowledge us before God? Are we willing to do this? Because if we don't, 
if we don't share the love of God, if we don't stand up for what we believe in as followers of Jesus, then Jesus says, whoever denies me before men, I will also deny before my Father who is in heaven. To not stand up for Jesus means we're denying him. It means we're letting someone or something else be our priority. And Jesus does not want this to happen. We can even find the example of this from Peter in Scripture. On the night of his betrayal and arrest, Jesus said to his disciples, Peter, you will deny me three times before morning. And he did. He denied knowing Jesus three times. Now, thankfully, he repented and came back to Christ. But he did deny Jesus just, just by simply denying he knew him. Now, Jesus closes our reading today by saying, whoever finds his life will lose it, and whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. If we place this priority on ourselves, if we seek a life for ourselves above all else, if we make ourselves the priority, our comfort, our convenience, then we lose. But if we submit to the authority of Jesus, if we seek his love first and foremost, and we seek to share that love above all other things, then Jesus says we will find life. I know I've struggled with this many times. There are times when I choose something else as my priority. And when I do this for my own comfort, for my own benefit, I find myself responding from a place of fear. A place where I'm afraid of losing that which I've made important in my life. The thing that makes me feel comfortable or important or whatever. And I'm afraid of losing it. But if I look to Jesus first, if I focus on his teachings then there's no fear, because he becomes my priority. I just wish I remembered to do it more often. May you follow in the ways of Jesus, the one who is God's perfect son, who came to show us the way to life abundant, the life of no fear, the life where he is our king, our priority, and our salvation. But it's not just for us. It's for all for everyone who are around us as we share the love that he freely gives us as we share it freely with others so they may know Jesus as well. Let's not be afraid. Let's be the light bearers for Christ in the world today, dispelling the darkness that is closing in. Let us be bold followers of the greatest teacher the world has ever known, God's own son, Jesus Christ our Lord. And let's just trust him to dispel the fear and strengthen us for the work that is ahead. Thanks be to God. Amen. Let's join our hearts in prayer. Lord, we come before you today knowing the struggle that exists in our world. The world that pulls us in many different directions, that offers us many different priorities and goals and agendas, many things that will actually pull us away from you and your love for us. And so, Lord, we humbly come, seeking your wisdom, your guidance, and your presence, your spirit, in our lives this day. 
Lord, may your spirit be upon us as we seek to be your people, as we seek to follow in your way, as we seek to let you be our priority, our guide in this troubled world we live. And Lord, we pray that at the same time we will be bold, we will be strengthened by you to let your light shine, to let your love be known, through us, through our words, through our actions, through all that we do, O oh God. May you use us to further your kingdom of love in this world. Lord, we pray this day for those who struggle, for those who struggle with oppression. There are so, so many communities, so many groups, O oh God, so many people, and we lift them up to you, O oh God. May you bring healing to this world. May you bring understanding and peace and love. Lord, we pray for peace in Russia and Ukraine. We pray for peace in the Middle East, O oh God. We pray for peace in our own communities. We pray for people in need of healing, for the sick, for those who mourn. We pray, O oh God, for those who are waiting for surgeries or recovering from surgeries. Lord, bless them all. Bring healing to their lives. Lord, this day we pray for Katie and her family, Lord. We have welcomed her into your family today. And so we pray your blessing upon her and all who love her. May they all know the presence of your spirit. Lord, we pray for our governments from local municipality all up to the nation, O oh God, and then all the nations of this world. May you give them all hearts of love, hearts of strength and peace, and may you guide them all to do what is best for all in this world, including those who are oppressed and suffering. Lord, we lift all these prayers to you in the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord and our Savior, as we pray together the prayer he taught us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. Let us sing together, O Master, let me walk with thee.
as we seek to be followers of Jesus, we come to him knowing that he is the way, the truth, and the life. And we come seeking that life within ourselves. And part of the work of following Jesus is to follow and give that way, all that we can, physically, mentally, to do his work in this world, to be his disciples in a place of need. Our offering will now be received. Let us pray. Lord, you have blessed us abundantly with your love. In our appreciation of the gifts you give, we respond by offering all we have in the name of our risen Savior. Amen. Our closing hymn today is, I Heard the Voice of Jesus.
Let us walk in the light of Christ, who lives within us to love and serve us, but also to love and serve others. Let us go in the name of, our Father, of, of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, one God, and each and every one of us, now and forever. Amen.